H.R. 2, the Secure the Border Act, passed in the House this week, 219 to 213, with all Democrats opposed and all but two Republicans in favor, Thomas Massey of Kentucky and John Duarte of California. I'm Sabrina Halverson, and this is the Agnet Weekly. Joining us on the phone this week to tell us why he voted no is California Republican Congressman John Duarte. Thank you. I wanted to talk to you about the vote that happened yesterday on H.R. 2, the Secure the Border Act. Let's start out with why you decided to vote against the bill. Well, the, the Secure the Border Bill um, was, a, was a, by and large, a good bill. I am 100% on board with House leadership and, and the Republican conference on securing the border. Uh, what we have at the border right now is a, is, a, is a tragedy, and it's a catastrophe. So we've got to, got to fix that. The problem I had with this bill is really twofold. One, it tied in an E-Verify uh, program that would have been devastating for food producers. It would have been devastating for farm worker families in California who, who are up here working and uh, would have been greatly disenfranchised by the, the tighter, more rigid E-Verify process. It would have also criminalized many, many employers who have been participating in E-Verify but would find out that a great portion of their workforce is no longer able to continue working for them. And it would have destabilized our food producers. It would have destabilized communities in my district and um, really hurt a lot of families and heightened food inflation. So the E-Verify policy wasn't well thought through. It needed to be balanced with a guest worker program and a DACA fix, um, to be a, to be fair. And the bill itself won't stop the, the chaos at the border. Until we tie in a few sweeteners, if you want to call them, a few um, more uh, round out the legislation with some things that some Democrats might buy into and we get some bipartisan support in the House and the Senate, we're not going to pass any bill that's going to make it to President Biden's desk and cause any, any relief of the crisis at our border. So we, we need to pass a bill that's a bipartisan bill that addresses ag workers, that addresses <clears throat> E-Verify, and addresses DACA in a way where we attract some Democrat support. And what I was really doing there was not so much trying to kill the bill, but raising my hand and inviting some of those who want to work a little harder to produce a bill that can produce, that can deliver real results. Um, someone to talk to on our side that, that would work with Democrats and Republicans to produce an immigration and border bill that stands a chance of bringing real change and, and getting the border under control. You brought up several good points. And what I would like to talk about first is E-Verify, because that was such an important point. You said um, it seemed like it wasn't well thought out. And, uh, you know, with the, the late change to that, to try to get some of the ag state representatives to vote in favor of it, that it does kind of give that impression of not being well thought out. You brought up how important that it is for our farmers to have a reliable workforce and to know that they will continue to have a reliable workforce. In in your thoughts, and since you are also a, a farmer yourself and you really understand these issues, in your thoughts, what needs to happen with E-Verify? Well, the first thing we need is to bring our workforce out of the shadows. In the Central Valley and throughout rural communities in America, we've got a lot of people, and the fact is just that they came here whenever they came here. They've got some papers, some documentation, but they make up the backbone of our food supply system. And, and our um, immigrant workforce is critical 
to delivering America's food supply affordably and 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 getting these folks out of the shadows with a guest worker program that's expandable and flexible, which H2A is not expandable enough and flexible enough to stabilize our food supply um, is it, critically important. And then again, the DACA fix. We know how inhumane the DACA situation is. These are young kids who are brought over there by their families, raised in America, went to American schools, got American college degrees in many in many cases, and are still living in the shadows of our of our society. Um, it's just not fair, and we need to secure the border. We absolutely need to secure the border. And that means the wall. That means asylum reform. It means the resources down there to secure the border and the policies that we're working to keep the border um, mostly under control in the previous administration. But we can't um, we can't throw our working families under the bus in that same effort. Yeah, how how difficult is it to balance that need of keeping things under control versus knowing that we do need some, you know these these migrant workers to come in? Um, how 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 difficult is that balance? Well, we we the, we need to secure the border. We need to finish the border barrier. We need to get the resources down there and make sure we have control of our border. Um, these are no longer just migrant workers coming across the border in the dark. These are cartels. This is human trafficking. It's fentanyl. It's terrorism. It's um, it's a health hazard to the American people. It's um, chaos in border towns um, all over, all along the border, and it, it's even destabilizing um, some of our bigger urban areas far from the border now. So, it will even that alone will challenge um, our supply of ag labor, but especially if we're going to move into e-verify and really, really be stringent about, about documentation and criminalizing employers who've unknowingly been hiring people that, that you know, have presented um, immigration documents that may turn out to be false. Um, we need a guest worker program. It, it's sim- pure and simple. And we've, we've taken shots at it in the past. I'm new to Congress. I'm willing to step in it again, step into it again, and see if we can work bipartisan way to get an agriculture guest worker program that really makes sense to um, to our rural communities, to our food producers, and to the American consumer who's already seen enormous food inflation in the last couple of years. Um, we, we can't disrupt our food supply and destabilize our rural communities um, with, a, with a, a too stringent E-Verify program. So you said that there were things in the bill that you agreed with, that the bill got right. What were some of those things that the bill does do right? Just about everything but E-Verify. <laughs> I mean, that was the only change I asked for. Um, I communicated clearly with leadership for months. Um, we had meetings. We just couldn't get to a point where the um, E-Verify um, part of the bill was, was dealt with um, satisfactorily to me. Um, the border security is, is absolutely an imperative. It was part of the commitment to America. Um, it's part of the commitment to America that I want to stand by by producing a border security bill that can actually get through Congress and the House with bipartisan support so that we deliver real protection um, for Americans. Yeah, and, and as you said, something that can actually get through Congress. This bill, um, though it was passed by the House, doesn't uh, it doesn't have a strong chance of getting through the Senate. And even if it 
somehow did, the president has said that he is likely to veto it. So not likely to actually become law. But what would you like to see happen now um, with ch- with possible changes or seeing this bill go through with improvements? Well, I'm, I'm raising my hand. I'm reaching out to some, some Democrat friends that I've discussed par- bipartisan efforts with in the past and see if we can get a dialogue going to where we, we come together and produce a, a bill that everybody likes enough to pass and maybe everybody dislikes a little bit, but not enough to kill it. And then we have a bipartisan success. And we can send something to the Senate and to, and to President Biden that, that he can sign. And I think we, we owe it to so many American families to get this done, um, to get this done finally. It's been worked on for decades. Um, we've got to keep grinding on it. We've got to keep trying to pass something that is a bipartisan a border and immigration bill that brings working families who are making huge contributions to America out of the shadows that normalizes the lives of young people who want to move forward in their lives. And, and honestly, some of these kids aren't that young anymore. It's getting to where the DACA, the DACA folks are you know, 30, 40 years old. Their, their lives are going by them while they're still living in the shadows. And, and they're just great Americans who need to be able to play a full role in our society. Um, and so, you know, that's what, we, that's what we're here for. Um, you know, we, we all ran for Congress to, to make real laws that have real impact. And the messaging bills are fine. We did it. Now we need to move forward with a bill that's actually going to improve American lives and give us border security. Yeah. You know, as you said, you're in your first year uh, in Congress, and you you took a stand. You voted against your party. How how difficult was that to, to do? Or was it difficult at all? It sounds like you went with what you believe in. But it was a gutsy move just to vote against the party. Was it hard to do? The, the party is important to me, and I'm very proud to be a member of the Republican Party. I'm not here representing the Republican Party. I'm here representing the 13th District of California and applying my own principles that I've developed living in the 13th District of California as a businessman, a family man, a farmer. I was born there. And I, um, so it's, it's not a huge personal conflict for me. Um, you know, it, I ran for office. These are the kinds of decisions that, that we put ourselves you know, in the line of fire to make. And uh, I'm, I'm quite comfortable with where I'm at. And we'll do the best we can to deliver real change, um, a real bipartisan border and immigration bill that can get to the president's desk and actually solve some of these important issues, um, not once and for all, but but take a major step forward. Yeah, yeah, not not once and for all. It seems like there will have... Uh... It's just an ongoing thing that we'll have to adjust, you know, as long as there is a nation and other nations, we will continue adjusting our immigration bills. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, I mean, our, our Constitution is a set of tools. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful set of tools to work through these difficult issues in a peaceful, democratic way. And, and, and we're here to use it. And, you know, it's, it's, there's always going to be work to do on many, many fronts. But the important thing is that we move forward in a way that actually delivers results. And we haven't done that in immigration for a very long time. Yeah. Those were all the questions that I had for you, uh, Congressman, but is there anything else that you would like to add to the conversation? Well, I'm always happy to discuss water. Now, we need water infrastructure in California. We're going to prove that in a very significant way here in the next couple months as the snowmelt comes. And uh, Californians should know that the water infrastructure we need that can make a huge change is cheap. 
for a very, very small fraction of one year's uh, economic output in California. For a third of 1% of, an, of the annual GDP of California, we could vastly improve our water infrastructure. We have a $3.6 trillion economy, and we need about $12 billion in new water infrastructure to make a huge difference for California. Home prices, rent, food, jobs, the environment and ecology, species restoration, we could do so much better with just a very relatively small investment in water infrastructure. And, that, and that'll be the next big thing where you'll see leadership from me. You know, I, I too, am always happy to talk about water. So anytime you want to, um, please feel free. Uh, and uh, along those lines, may I ask you one more question? Okay. We've heard a lot about infrastructure from the administration, um, but not so much about water infrastructure. We're hearing a lot about railroads and uh, electric cars and highways and things. How can you bring more attention to California's water infrastructure needs? We need leadership. We need leadership from the president. We need leadership from the governor. And we need them to get their agencies in line and tell them to cut the nonsense. People are suffering. Our environment is threatened. Our housing prices are too high. Working families are being pushed to the edge of privation. We simply need to build the water infrastructure assets that have been on the books for decades and we failed to deliver. All right. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And I promised your staff only 15 minutes, and so I'm going to keep to my word. (laughs) (laughs) I know that you have a lot of things to do, so thank you so much for giving me a call. I really appreciate the conversation. Thank you. Great talking to you and anytime. Thank you again to Congressman John Duarte of California for that conversation. That's this week's Act Out Weekly. I'm Sabrina Halverson. Thanks for tuning in.